Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What's going on, fam? Welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Goldberg. Let's kick the show off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for all you continue to be in our lives, the way you continue to love us, the way you continue to encourage us, the way you continue to build us up, embrace us, be with us, comfort us, all the things that you do, direct us and lead us, all of the things that you do for us. And we are eternally grateful for your love and your support and your comfort and your leading and your guiding. Now, God, as we prepare to hear this word from you, I declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. I declare in the name of Jesus that every heart is open to receive. I declare in the name of Jesus that every ear is anointed to hear, not just the word, but the word behind the word. Do an amazing thing in the life of your people today, God. Help us to hear a word that will change our lives little by little, step by step, from the inside out. And uh, we will be uh, careful to give your name the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Glad you guys could be with me today, man. I got an awesome show for you today. Got an awesome word that God has led me to share with you guys today. Uh, When I was growing up uh, back in the 60s and 70s, most of the music or all of the music that we heard (laughs) came either on uh, 45 uh, um, record records or uh, the albums, the 33 uh, albums, um, both of those situations, and but more specifically the 45s, there were two songs. There was one song on the front, which was the main song, which was the hit song, which was the song everybody bought the record for, and then there was a song on the other side. And the uh, phrase that was used in the record industry and in the radio industry was that second song was the B-side. Right. The first song was the A side. The flip side song was what they called the B side. Nobody really bought the song for the B side. Not too many people paid attention to the B side song because everybody wanted the A side song. But every now and then that B side song was kind of nice. It was can you you go, hey, man, that's kind of nice. Right. And so for today's broadcast, for today's podcast, um, I wanted to give what I call a B side scripture. The A-side is going to be, uh, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's the A-side. The B-side scripture is, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, most people pay attention to the A-side of the scripture. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And that's cool. And that's great. And obviously that scripture is, or that part of the scripture is applicable to a lot of different areas of our lives, especially where fear is concerned. And many people quote that scripture, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And that is absolutely true. But there is the B side of that scripture that not a lot of people pay attention to in my life experience. Not a lot of people pay attention to the power, love, and sound mind part. So, I'm giving you guys a B-side scripture, giving you the B-side. We're going to focus in on power, love, and a sound mind. Because those are the things that God has given us. 
And we don't want to pay so much attention to what God has not given us that we forget or lose sight of what God has given us. And he has, according to this particular scripture, he has given us power. He has given us love and he has given us a sound mind. So these are the things that we're going to look at today. Power, love and a sound mind. The B side. <laughs> All right. So as many of you may know, some of you may not. And I never like to make assumptions where the word of God is concerned with my listeners. Um, just found out I got a new listener in Berlin, Germany. So what's up, Berlin? Um, I got to learn how to say hello in a lot of different languages. But um, glad you could be with us today. Hopefully you're you're listening to this. So our scripture, uh, our, what we call our text scripture, our foundational scripture for the B-side today can be found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. So 2 Timothy 1 and 7, again, and this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he tells him this and makes this statement. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All right. Now, I do want to dip my toe a little bit into the A-side portion of the scripture, God has not given us a spirit of fear, because most people think or make the assumption that this word fear means being afraid, and that's not necessarily what he's talking about here. So let's look at the Amplified translation of 2 Timothy 1 and 7 and see how it breaks down. He says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Right. And then he says of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. So there is a bit of fright that that you know, being a coward. But that word timidity for me implies that I should be doing something. But there is a mindset. There is a way of thinking. There is something that's keeping me from doing it, whether it's I'm intimidated by going forth. Uh, and, and, you know, and you can look at it as being afraid, uh, but it really, it causes a certain action. God did not give me a spirit that says, don't go. God has not given me a spirit that says, don't do. God has given us a spirit of boldness. Now he says power, love, and a sound mind. Um, but I'm, I'm reminded of a scripture. I think it's in the old Testament where the writer says that the righteous are as bold as lions. That's what God has given us. And that kind of leads to the second part. So let me read the B side uh, from the Amplified Translation. He says, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Man, that's a mouthful. All right, we're going to get to all of that later. But I want to look at this uh, piece by piece. We're going to look at, we're going to examine the power that God has given us. And then we're going to look at the love that God has given us. And then we're going to look at the sound mind that God has given us. All right. Y'all ready for this? I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to drop this on you, man. I'm, I'm excited. All right. So let's look at this word power. Now the word power in scripture has two definitions. It's the same word power, but in the Greek it has two definitions. 
And the word power here that we're looking at, uh, the Greek word, I believe, is dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, dunamis. And it is the root of the same word where we get dynamite. Um, a simple translation of this word power means ability. The ability, I heard one man of God say, the ability to get the job done. Power, dunamis. All right. So we want, we want to look at, and this is what I want to examine today. When did God give us these things? When did God give us power? When did God give us love? When did God give us a sound mind? All right. Now, the, the, the simple answer is when we got born again. Okay. When we got born again, part of the benefit package of being in relationship to God is power and love and a sound mind. So let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And let's examine this when God gave us power. And that's what we want to look at. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. All right. And I always try to give people time to find the scripture in the Bible. I know some of you have Bibles. Some of you are doing it on your phone. Some of you are doing it on your iPad. All of that stuff is great. I love it. I love technology. But every now and then, I like to pull out the old girl and that, that book, man, that's got those... Uh, onion skin pages, real thin, and you can hear that, those pages turn, I love that, man, I love it, I love it, old school, baby, old school, old school Christianity, <laughs> all right, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples after he was raised from the dead, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, we understand that that power, that ability came upon them, that supernatural ability came upon them uh, uh, on what traditionally in, in, the, in the body of Christ we call the day of Pentecost. Okay, now the day of Pentecost... <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into this, but the day of Pentecost was a Jewish day or holiday that got transformed into a Christian uh, memorial. Um, it was the day that the Holy Spirit uh, manifested itself on the earth and, and, and men had now the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. The day of Pentecost technically was not the day the Holy Ghost fell. The, day, the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, which was a Jewish 50 days from Passover. That's what Pentecost was. I guess I am getting into it, right? <laughs> this is the narrative to me. You guys excuse me. The, the prefix penta means five, right? Like in Washington, D.C., we have the Pentagon. The Pentagon is a five-sided figure. So penta means five. Or some, you know, multiple of five, which would be 50. Um, so Pentecost would be 50 days, and specifically 50 days after Passover. So on the 50th day after Passover, the Holy Spirit now began to be indwelt among believers. And the evidence of the indwelling, or what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, was the evidence of men speaking in languages that were not their own uh, native language. 
And you can read up on this on I believe it's in Acts chapter two. And uh, he lays all of that stuff out. 120 people had been shut up for 10 days. And on the 50th day, um, this is what happened. All right. Uh, so on that day, power was received. Ability was received. The power, as we hear many people traditionally say, the power of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how the good preachers will say it. The power of the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting anybody, so please don't don't be offended. I'm just enjoying myself. All right. The Amplified Translation says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. Now, it's interesting that when we think about power, it's the ability to get the job done. But efficiency is also here as a part of this word power. And might, you know, I got the power to move mountains. I've got the power to do that. That's all great. But also efficiency, meaning I can do something in two days that most people will do in two weeks. Or I can do something in two hours based on the leading of the Holy Spirit that some people, it would take them two years to figure out. All right. Efficiency. That the Holy Spirit makes us efficient. It allows us to work smart and not hard. In physics, that's called mechanical advantage. So, so the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual mechanical advantage where we work smart and not hard if we're sensitive to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, which is the source of our spiritual power. Amen. Now, I want to go to Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, and I want to look at a demonstration of that power. And uh, this is this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. Um, yeah. That's good, Lord. That there, that that faith. Help me say this the right way. I see what you're saying. That 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 things are done through faith, but we use the resource of the Holy Spirit to get the job done. We have to have faith that the Holy Spirit is doing what He says He would do when we pray, right? And we pray in the Spirit. We have to have faith that the Holy Spirit now is going out and accomplishing the goal that we send it out to accomplish when we pray in the Spirit. Amen. All right. There, there might be more to that, and the Holy Spirit may give me the power to come back to that. <laughs> but we're going to leave that right there. Now we might, yeah, we're going to let that marinate. Keep that in the oven for a little while. All right. All right. So Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Acts chapter 4 verse 33 and what this is now again is a demonstration of the power that came when the holy spirit came upon them right and verse 33 says and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all the amplified says and with great strength and ability and power the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with great strength and ability and power. 
the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, another demonstration of this, and we won't go there, but in Acts chapter 2, when the uh, those in the upper room began to speak in tongues and speak in a language that wasn't theirs, and there were about people from about 10 or 11 different countries who spoke different languages, and they heard in their own language the goodness of God. That's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. And it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And so these people are hearing this, and somebody says, it's not, they're drunk. That, that Those guys are speaking language. We don't know what's going on, but they're drunk. And Peter, the Bible says, under the power, here we go, under the power of the Holy Spirit, stood up and said, these people are not drunk because it's 9 o'clock in the morning. But what you're seeing now is the fulfillment of prophecy, and Peter begins to give this amazing uh, sermon about Jesus, and he references things in Psalms that David wrote. And, I mean, he just lays it out. And there had nowhere been in the Bible where Peter was a biblical scholar. Now, he may have known the Torah and he may have known the law. He was Jewish, so I'm sure he had some familiarity with the law. But at no point did we see that Peter knew the word, like, like the way he preached it in Acts chapter 2. Well, how was he able to do that? He was able to do it under the strength and the ability and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because last time we saw Peter, well, it wasn't the last time, but you know, not too far before this, Peter was cussing folks out denying Christ, right, which was before he got the power. Once he got the power now, he's able to stand up boldly. He's not being timid. That's good, Lord. Uh, when we see Simon Peter uh, after Jesus has been arrested, he's operating in the A side of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1. He's operating in the spirit of fear. But once he gets the power of God, now he's standing up boldly in front of these people and, and talking about and testifying about the very Jesus that he denied before he got the power. See, it's the power that makes us bold as lions. When we're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll say what God needs us to say to whomever God needs us to say it to. But in our own strength, Oh, man, I'm not going to say that to them. They're going to think I'm crazy, right? I had a situation, and I, I only use me because I know me. <laughs> it's not to pat myself on the back, and it's not to put myself on a pedestal. It's just the experiences that I've had. I've had two experiences where this is concerned. The first experience, uh, there was a well-known gospel artist and minister who had come to visit our church. And he administered, man. And, and when he got there, I could see, because I'm always watching people, that's kind of my thing. I could see when he came in, I could see it on him. That all he wanted to do, because he came in halfway through the service, all he wanted to do was sit down and be fed the Word of God. I could see it on him, right? And my pastor acknowledged him, so-and-so is here. And, and uh, my wife says, you need to come up and share with the people. So he goes up and, and you know, his reluctance is all on him. I can see it. He's, he's reluctant. And then, then the power hits him and he begins to minister in an amazing way. It was amazing. 
And so he finishes and he sits down in the pulpit area, on the staging area. I go to a very large church in Los Angeles. Um, he sits down in the on the stage area with the rest of the ministers. And the Spirit of God came up on me and he said, I want you to go up to him and I want you to tell him, God said, well done. Now this is in the middle of service. Now you got to understand, at my church, because it's so large and we have celebrities, celebrities that go there and we have big wig people that, are, that go there, and don't trip because big wigs and celebrities need Jesus too. And they need to be fed too. And they got to have somewhere to go, okay? So because of all that, we have security, like ex-police officers, ex-FBI, security. One of our security guards is a black belt in various martial arts, okay? It's no joke. So for me to just walk up there, I would get stopped before I got to the first step. And I'm thinking of this, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going up there. The spirit of fear. I'm timid. Mm -mm, no, I'm not going up there. That man doesn't know me. They're going to stop me in the middle. I'm going to be embarrassed and all in front of all of these people. Da-da-da-da-da. Son, I need you to go up there and I need you to tell him this. And God had to give it to me a couple of times where he goes, Son, I need you to go up there and just tell, just go up there. And so I had to step out. And it, it, it was the most amazing thing because nobody stopped me. I went right up to the stage I leaned right in his ear. Nobody stopped me. I leaned right in his ear and I said, brother, God told me to tell you, well done. He nodded his head and I went and sat down. There was no pomp and circumstance. There was no big spiritual movement that happened. Nobody fell out. I did what God led me to do by the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the spirit of timidity that was trying to latch on to my heart. Now, who knows who knows what that did for him? Now, just to show you guys that I'm human and not some super Christian, there was another situation where another very well-known gospel artist had come to our church and she was doing um, signing uh, CDs in our bookstore. And I go in there and I see her, see her, and I see it on her that God needs me to give her a hug and to tell her it's okay. That's all he wanted me to do. Fam, I did not do it. The, the timidity took over. I'm like, I'm not going over there. I'm not going to say that to her. I'm not doing all of that. And I didn't do it. Now, who knows what she didn't get because I was not obedient and I allowed timidity to overtake me. Uh, come to find out years later, she talked about getting married and was a bad marriage. and, and all. Maybe, maybe that would have, been, would have been the comfort that she needed to help heal that broken heart. I don't know, you know, but I gave in to timidity, did not tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just want you guys to know, you know, I didn't fly in from heaven to give you this message and fly back up in my chariot, okay? I'm working on this too. Um, now, a second situation uh, that happened where I did give in to the power of the Holy Spirit, I was at an evening service and people were down front being prayed for, and God gave me the attention of a certain uh, man, and uh, he said, go down there and tell him this. So again, now I'm not, I'm not a uh, 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 ordained minister. I don't have a minister's license. Uh, from all points of view, I have no business down there, except 
the Holy Spirit was leading me to go down there and minister to this guy. So I go down there, I take him by the, uh, I put my hand on his shoulder, I lean in, and I say what God told me to tell him. And then I went and, and I went back and sat down. And uh, when he was going back to his seat, he saw me and he came up to me. He said, brother, do, do you know me? I said, no, sir. He said, have we met before? I said, no, sir. He said, man, what you said to me is exactly what I was going through and exactly what I'm dealing with. And I said, well, praise God, man. I'm, I'm glad it ministered to you. He said, you sure we never met? I said, brother, I never met you before in my life. And he went to his seat shaking his head. That's what can happen when we allow the power that God has given us to minister to people, right? Again, back at Acts 4.33, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. That's the power that's been given to us when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives and we tap into now the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. So I encourage you guys you know, in your prayer time, you know, if you find yourself being timid where ministry things are concerned, or you find yourself being timid uh, where doing the will of God is concerned and you know it's Him, ask, you know, God, I know you've given me power. Help me to tap into that power. I know you've given me power. I know you've given me ability. Help me to tap into that so I can do the thing that you've called me to do. All right. And sometimes, you know, there's a there's a there's a minister who talks about this, and I agree with this. Sometimes you just gotta go do it afraid. Just take the step. Just take the step. You know, when I had to speak into the life of that well-known celebrity, I just took steps, literally walked, and just kept walking until I got to him. Nobody nobody was looking at me. Nobody was, hey, hey, man, what you doing? Nobody did any of that. I carried out my assignment and I went back to my seat. All right. So just take the steps. God is with you. God is with you. It's okay. He's not asking you to do this of your own power. He's asking you to do it of the power that he's given you. Right. Do it in the power that he's given you. Um, what Paul says in Ephesians, I believe, chapter six, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power. There's that word again of his might. All right. So as you go forth doing the things that God has called you to do, I know it looks intimidating. I know it looks big. I know it looks like it can't be done. And the reality is it can't be done in your power. But is there anything too hard for God? Right. And with God, all things are possible. So go in his strength, go in his power. Go in his ability, efficiency, and might, and watch God do things through you that you'd never be able to do on your own. And when it happens, all you can do is give him the credit and give him the glory. And one of my favorite scriptures to that point that says, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And that's where we want to be. And that's where we want to live. All right. So that's power. All right. Let's look at the second thing that God has given us, which is love. God has given us love. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. I think this is going to be another shorty, another short show today. This is cool. All right. And again, you know, we talk about this at the end of the show. You know, if you guys have any comments or whatever, you can email me. 
uh, at Cliff Talks, the number 63 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on my Facebook page, the Word Experience Facebook page, and uh, drop a line. Let me know if it's been encouraging to you. If you know me personally, text me and let me know uh, that you've enjoyed the podcast. I'm not giving out my phone number. I ain't trying to get down like that. But if you already have it, okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. We want to look at the second thing that God has given us. God has given us love. All right. Uh, love. So Romans 5 and 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So once again, the Holy Spirit is the container that holds the power of God and it holds the love of God. And when we love people, we want to love people with the love of God that has no conditions, no strings attached. The more common uh, translation we say of love is agape. It's unconditional um, love that has, I love, the, I, I love this definition. It's love with no strings attached. It's, it's, a, it's affection, it's a doing for people with no strings attached. I'm not doing this for you so you can do something back for me. Or I'm not doing this for you because you've done something for me. That's all fine. All of those things are fine. But the God kind of love says, even when you don't do something for me, even when you do things against me, I got another podcast coming up that I've been doing some notes on uh, where this is concerned. Even, even if I don't even know you, I'm going to be benevolent to you. I'm going to be polite to you. I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to be patient to you. All of those aspects of godly love that Paul writes about in Roman, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we like to call the love chapter, all of those things come out of the love that God has given to me in the container that is the Holy Spirit. Right? That's the kind of love that the world needs now. You guys remember that, that song, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of, right? No, not just for some, but for everyone, okay? I think Burt Bacharach was on something at the, on that one, right? What the world needs now is unconditional, no strings attached, benevolence, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those things that Paul lays out, not being haughty, believing the best, that's what the world needs now. And the only way the world is going to get it is through God's people. And so we have to get beyond our differences. We have to get beyond our frustrations. We have to get beyond our brokenness. We have to get beyond our prejudices. And be the godly people who release the love of God into the world. That's our assignment. That's our goal. If I never preach a sermon, if I never get in front of a pulpit, if I never uh, do things that, that the, 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 the world uh, honors me for, but if all I can do is just love the people in my circle, love the people in my world, love the people in on the freeway, love the people at the grocery store. If I can just do that consistently, 
It's going to have an impact. It's going to make a mark that cannot be erased in the world today. And he's given us that. He has given us his love by the Holy Spirit. So the next time you think to yourself, you are not a a loving person and you're a born again believer. You got to tap into that love that God has given you by the Holy Spirit and let that love be released. Let that love be released. Well, I don't know how to do it. Okay, cool. Go back and remember how God loves you. Think about how God loves you and love people the way God loves you. How about that? How about you try that? Think about the times that God has forgiven you, how you cry, oh, Lord, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. And he said, okay, I got you. Uh, and one, one scripture, when he talks about love, one, one translation, he's talking about love. I think it's in 1 John chapter 3, I believe. And he's talking about love. And he says, this love is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And one translation says, love like that. So let's take the model of how the Father loves us continually with no strings attached and let's love people that way well i'm not sure god loves me listen the scripture says that here is how god proves his love for us that while we were yet sinners christ died for us so before you were even born god had already demonstrated his love for you all right so tap into that love just like we've been talking about tapping into that power tap into that love And be the loving, gracious person that God wants you to be. And watch lives change because of you. Amen. So God has given us power. God has given us love. And now let's look at this last thing. A sound mind. A sound mind. Now the simple definition of a sound mind is self-control. This is what we're talking about. Self-control. God has given us self-control. Okay? And so, when did he give us self-control? I'm glad, again, by the Holy Spirit. But let's look at where it's documented in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. So, God has given us power by the Holy Spirit. God has given us love by the Holy Spirit, and God has given us a sound mind by the Holy Spirit. All right, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Uh, if you're if you heard an explosion, uh, people are firing off fireworks, and it's not even the 4th of July, but there you go. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, don't worry about it. Um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. That's the other definition or the definition of a sound mind. Self-control. Self-control. I was talking to a dear friend of mine, not too long ago, and, and uh, they had noticed how I was able to hold back from doing certain things. And, and they said, well, how are you able to do that? And I said, well, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. 
I tap into self-control and I can hear the Holy Spirit say, you can do this, you can do this, don't do that. And I don't allow my emotions or my flesh to have rule over my decisions. Now, I had to learn in that. I had to grow in that. Again, your boy didn't fly in from heaven to deliver this message and fly back. I've made some stumbles and mistakes, but I've learned how to tap into the self-control that comes out of this as one of the, the outgrowing of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Verse 22 in the Amplified says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes. It's the work that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in us. And one of the works that He accomplishes in us is self-control. The New Living Translation of verse 22, he says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. See, even though it's called self-control, it's not based on ourself. We're not doing it in our own power. It's self-control because it's us. But we are able to control ourselves based on what the Holy Spirit does in us. Okay? It's the work which His presence within accomplishes. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that goes to work on the inside of our hearts spiritually and says, this is as far as you go. And you go, okay. Or this is as far as you go. And you go, I understand that. I need some help. And then here comes the help. Because what Jesus called the Holy Spirit is helper. Right? And in another place, he calls him comforter. Right? And the Greek for that is defined as one who comes alongside. I think the Greek word is paraclete. Um, uh, the same but different. Or different but the same. Okay, he's one who comes alongside and part of his job is to help. So he, he provides the power, the love and the sound mind, the power, uh, the ability, the love and the self-control. He, he provides that and then he helps us to operate in that. How cool is that, man? And all God is asking us, asking for us to be is willing to flow with the Holy Spirit. Just flow with him. And you may need some practice to learn how to flow. Maybe many of you who, if you're believers, it's still a new thing to be allowed to allow God to lead your life. You know, uh, I, I, was a, I was a Christian for a long time before I really got an understanding of the need for God to direct my life and for me to not try to drive my life. For me to have God direct my life. Look at all of this cool stuff that we get. Not only do we get the Holy Spirit, we get what the Holy Spirit brings. Power, ability, efficiency, and might. Love, the ability to be benevolent and kind and patient to people that we don't even know or we don't even like. Self-control that keeps me from doing what I may feel like doing, but the Holy Spirit is going, eh, nope, 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 don't do that. I feel like I want to get revenge, right? James Brown, I'm mad. I want revenge, right? But the Holy Spirit reminds us that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will repay. 
all right, all right, all right. Sister, the Holy Spirit. But you know, Lord, I know. I got it. I got it. I'll take care of it. Self-control. Self-control. I'm in a situation right now where I have to exercise and allow the Holy Spirit to, to produce or release the self-control so I can walk this thing out the way God wants me to walk it out. Okay? Yeah, I hear that, Lord. Easy and hard is irrelevant. Because somebody's saying, well, it's so hard. It's irrelevant. You know what's hard? Operating out of control and, and all of the, the consequences that come with you not operating in self-control. That every, every time you do it your way, you make it worse. So stop. Let God control this thing and you back off. Take your foot off the gas. Matter of fact, get out of the driver's seat and get in the passenger seat. Matter of fact, get out of the passenger seat and go sit in the back seat, lay down, take a nap. And let him drive. Let him direct. Operate in self-control. Put the brakes on yourself. Put the brakes on your emotions. Put the, you know, put 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 yourself on lockdown. You can't you can't give in to your flesh just because it's it's what you feel. You have to allow self-control to be released in your heart so you can step out this life and get the life that Jesus died for you to have. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and 10, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, but you can't have abundant life with no self-control, man. You can't have an abundant life with no self-control, sis. You can't. So let's let the Holy Spirit release in us that self-control. Let's let the Holy Spirit release out of us that love. Let's let the Holy Spirit release that ability and that efficiency, and that might, so we can be the people that God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right? So I wanted to share that with you guys. I hope it was a blessing to you. Listen, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm just kind of feeling led to do this, and I haven't done it in a while, but if you are listening to this podcast, and you have not yet met, let not yet let Jesus be the Lord of your life and ask him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Why don't you pray this prayer with me very quickly? God, I believe you're real. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I believe he rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my savior. I give you my life to do what you whatever you want to do. And from this point on, I will live my life just for you. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, man, welcome to the family of God. If you want to hit me up and let me know um, that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, I can send you a congratulatory email. And uh, maybe point you in the direction of some people that will be able to give you information. Or if you find a local church, uh, most local churches online, I think some of them are live now. We're still in the middle of this COVID-19 kind of shutdown nationwide. Uh, but find, find a minister online. Uh, find a church online. And uh, start feeding off of their 
if their if their ministry, if the word that they're ministering is that's based on the word of God is 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 ministering to you, uh, find someone to feed on, and sit at their table and eat, and allow the word of God to begin to help you grow and develop and learn. Amen. All right, fam. That's all I got for you today. Thank you again for listening. I'm so so excited uh, about what God is doing through this podcast. So um, thanks again. Check us out next time. I'll be here next time on the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.